An industry under pressure. Innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation. Got it. All right. Very good. All right. All right, folks. I have just completed an, a, a search of the interwebs. Uh, actually, no, it's just a single key search. Um, this is what I put in. I put in the letters CRM. Now, for those of you uh, who uh, I think probably everybody's familiar with CRM is nowadays, uh, except that this is the oil and gas uh, industry where uh, probably CRM is the, is has not been used uh, nearly as much as, as in other industries because it stands for customer relationship management. And uh, as we know, um, you know, the oil and energy is a little bit different business, right? So we don't do a whole lot of, um, uh, you know, a lot of the kinds of things that you do in CRM. Uh, we haven't historically done that. Uh, That's a little hint as to what's happening on today's program. Historically, we have not done that. Now, uh, but just for a little bit of fun, I did this uh, search, and and I just searched for CRM, and then I looked at what the top 10 companies in terms of, not in terms of how they're ranked or what people think about them, but just the ones that showed up first in the search results. Now you have to filter through all the all the garbage, right? Like all of the all of the articles that want to tell you which one is the best CRM software and and all of that. So I just I just scrolled through until I saw the name of a uh, of a company of a, of a CRM product. And so here they are. Uh, I don't have the whole like David Letterman entourage, but number ten. And I was actually surprised at this. I thought these guys would be further further toward the top, but number ten was Pipeline. Uh, pipeline, pipe drive. Number number ten was pipe drive, which uh, I think I have used before, um, and I, I I I remember it being pretty good. I think it's pretty basic. Maybe that's why it's at number ten. All right, number nine is uh, NetSuite CRM, uh, which I, of course I think NetSuite nowadays is owned by Oracle, but Oracle still has a different a different the old the old Siebel product, which does make an appearance on this list in a little while. But anyway, NetSuite's at number nine, which is probably where it ought to be. Number eight is is a product that I've never heard of, but it's it is now my favorite. It's got it's got my vote for the best name, and the name is Sugar CRM. That's one word, Sugar CRM. So <laughs> I can imagine all kinds of fun at that company. Um, uh, number seven, another one I haven't heard of, and this one gets. My gets my vote for not the best name, which is Capterra, and uh, that's all I know about about them. Number six is Insightly, which I I think maybe I've heard of, although it sounds a lot like a lot of other things. So, Insightly at number six, and finally, uh, um, just at the, at the at the bottom edge of the top tier, we have Oracle, which and I don't know what they're calling it these days. Uh, but it used to be C- Oracle bought Siebel and. Which was a, which was an amazing tool at one point in time, but I, I think it's a bit uh, a bit dated these days. Number four, the other uh, the other heavy from from way back, Microsoft Dynamics, 
Um, and I've used that quite a lot over the years. And, um, yeah, you know, number four is probably generous for that one. Number three, um, and again, this is not, I mean, this has nothing to do with which ones are the best. This is not a product endorsement or any sort of ranking. I'm just telling you what came up first in my search. Number three, uh, the cool kids on the block, Zoho at number three. Uh, they actually have, have a nice platform. Um, and number two, uh, of course, is the darling of the CRM community now for, uh, for, for a number of years. Number two is HubSpot. And now the number one, not the number one CRM tool, I'm not saying that, but this is the one. Like when you search the first time, after you sort through the crap, the first time you see the name of a, of a company or a product, what's the one that I haven't mentioned yet that everybody knows? Salesforce.com. So, um, and Salesforce, of course, has been around for a really long time, uh, but but uh, um, they are still extremely competitive and innovative, and that. And, and, and now we come around to the topic for today. By the way, um, by the way, I forgot to mention this, but you are listening to the Oil & Gas Tech Podcast right here on the Oil & Gas Global Network, the largest and most listened to network of podcasts for the oil and energy. Of course, you knew that. Uh, all, of the loyal, <laughs> all the loyal listeners know that. And now even uh, you, you newcomers, Welcome to the Oil and Gas Tech Podcast audience, where we always have a lot of fun. All right, I'm I'm watching the timer, and the time for my opener has already expired. So I'm going to have to just like cut to the chase here. Anyway, the point is that um, we uh, we haven't you know CRM hasn't, and I was I was in consulting like like big IT consulting for a long time. We never really talked about CRM tools when it came to uh, to the to the big oil companies. Just just doesn't factor into the thing. Why is that interesting? Because today, my guest is not from Salesforce, but he, although he has worked for Salesforce, but he's actually from uh, over there, our, our, our very good friends down the block at that tiny little company called IBM, also a great, great uh, friend of OGGN. They sponsor uh, the Only Guest This Week podcast, and, and they do a lot of other things with us. Anyway, my guest from IBM today, uh, you know, all right, I'm not going to, th- that's all you need to know. I've, I've said everything I need to know. I've <laughs> said I've said everything you need to know at this particular moment in time. So, ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm OGG and welcome to Brett Waltz. And that gets us to our guest today. I am sitting here at the fabulous Canon on the west side of Houston where the sun is always shining and the birds are always singing and the people are always happy. And, uh, and, and you're supposed to smile when I say that so that we know that we're, we're both happy. I'm sitting here, yeah. <laughs> sitting Very here, happy with, to be here. With, uh, with Brett Waltz, which of course everybody already knows because they just heard me say it before that yeah. exciting musical interlude. But um, thanks for, yeah, thanks for, uh, for coming down to the, to our clubhouse here at the, thanks. At the didn't have to go far. That's for sure. Yeah. You, oh, that's right. You said you live close right by, across right? the freeway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 We can do this more often. <laughs> it's a good fun. Well, so, um, so we always plug the cannon a little bit because they, they let us, like, we have this, like, 
we have this agreement where we do stuff here and we talk about them and they talk about us. And so, um, but we actually really like it here. Like it's really like we do our events here and, and we do a lot of podcasts. This is the first time I've been in and I was, when I drive by, I didn't know what's going on. How long did it take you to like walk from the front to the back? Uh, A good 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes. It's deep. Yeah. Yeah. Like my European friends laugh at me when I say that because for them it's like 45 seconds, but for us it's a way. It's it's a long, Uh it's a long way. But, and then there's the, there's the, the, um, Right next door is the. Uh, is there a bar here? Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's what's it called? See, now I'm losing. The keg, oh, powder, powder keg. keg. The powder keg, right yeah. next door. Out, nice outdoor bar, volleyball fields, and stuff like that. I I, I can't say I've ever been there uh, more yeah. than thirty or forty times. Right. So, <laughs> especially today. I mean, it's, it's sixty nine when I got out of the it car. It is beautiful yeah. weather, Houston weather today. So uh, we we have to enjoy these weeks. Because, Take advantage of yeah, them. Yeah, because they the windows come and go. All right, um, nobody cares about Houston weather. So. Uh, we're going to talk. I, so we're going to talk about something kind of fun today because th- th- it's going to be the first time that we've talked about this um, on this show, uh, which is good because there's a lot of other subjects that that we've yeah. talked about over and over again. But before we get into that, so a um, little bit about you. You're, I know you're coming from IBM. I, by the way, our good friends at IBM are also big uh, um, OGGN fan. Like they, they sponsor the Oil and Gas This Week show, and they do a lot of other stuff with us, and they volunteer people like you to be on podcasts, which, uh, yep. which is Here really great. So, um, so you're back at IBM now, right? right? But you kind of have this history of, like, like you've been at all the usual suspects uh, yeah. tech-wise over the years here in Houston, right? Right. I mean, uh, I worked at IBM from, well, I was with a little company called Rational Software. Oh, a little yeah? software company, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was probably my, it was probably my, my best job ever because I was a demo junkie. I just go around and do demos. Yeah, you know, and yeah. uh, it was great. It was young, stupid. Yeah. Uh, did demos and left. Was a smart guy in the room. And then IBM bought us in two thousand three. I, I forgot about Rational. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a great little job. That's yeah. where I learned to be a sales guy. So I mean, okay. had some great mentors there, Kevin and Brad. And mm-hmm. Name drop. Um, then IBM, and I was at, doing great at IBM my first time around. I was an account manager, and uh, this little company called Microsoft came yeah, recruiting. I've heard of them. Yeah, uh, They got in the app dev business. and Well, not the app dev business, but they were getting in the business similar to Rational. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Around a team system. Right, right, TFS, right. TFS. And needed right. some people to come in and help them sell that. Yeah, earlier. like dev, dev lifecycle kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And my, uh, I, I had reservations because uh, I really enjoyed my job, and I, I do remember my dad going, son, it's Microsoft. Yeah, <laughs> you're so working I, for the man. Yeah. <laughs> so I listened, and 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 I I don't know if I was crazy or not because when I I left IBM, I had twins one week, and the next week I started Microsoft. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, so. So that so so now we are um, you and I are giving away a little bit about our age because nobody does that anymore. Right? No. Like like when I had my kids way back in olden times. Yeah, like like the baby was born, and then like you know maybe you're maybe you're like working like during or after or something. But now everybody like everybody's off for yeah. For oh yeah. Months. No, like I went right here. to a new job. Eighty yeah. percent travel too. Oh wow. You know, and that so was you, no you know big deal. Yeah, it was what you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Back, well, you know, we come from that uh, generation where we're actually motivated by money, right? Uh, so, sounds, uh, yeah. Are we that old? Yeah, we are. <laughs> so, so, well, actually, um, the thing is, I, I wanted, I, there was a time when I was actually like pretty like fluent in the rational unified process. Yeah. Like, I was a big, I, got, I was all I was into a, it. I, I had a team that was all like RUP, and, and, uh-huh. and I remember that uh-huh. IBM was, was big into it as well because uh-huh. it, like you know 
I have a great appreciation for Agile now. So it took me it took me a few years to like understand like really how Agile works. Um, but Rupp was good. You know like, what I figured it out? Right, it was good. You know what I figured out though about Rational? It was before its time. Yeah, that's probably you know so. people. App dev wasn't really as painful. You could do what you needed to do to get by. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah But to true. go invest in a tool and a methodology and the right. training. That was like a whole other project. It was a whole like, ah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it was a really tough sell because a lot of times you were dealing with VPs of, or directors of app dev. If you didn't get to the CIO or somebody that cared or a CFO, it was really hard to make a sell. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, what am I buying here? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so, yeah. and then as tools got more uh, integrated and uh, GUIs got like, what was the early one from IBM, not web? Um, oh, um, the Java one, right? Yes. Uh, Eclipse? Yes. Yeah. Stuff's got integrated more, and it just was easier to build. Then Microsoft got into the arena, and right. know, everything today, I mean, I haven't written code since 2000, and I'm afraid if I had to, but I'm yeah. sure they're whipping out stuff pretty quick now. Yeah, no, well, and that's the thing is, and that's kind of what we're getting to with the subject today, which is, and I, I mean... This comes up all the time with other on other episodes of the podcast where people where we're talking about new ways of doing things, and the thing that keeps coming back to me so often, especially anything to do with like like building new app solutions, whatever you want to call them, is it's like all lightning fast compared to the way it was back when I was running consulting teams. And you know, when you started when you were talking about custom app dev back then, right? It was an investment. Right? right, like it was a like didn't matter what methodology you used, it was it was going to take a while, and it was going to be and it was going to cost money. And now, um, it's quick. But but part of like what when you went to so so part of what we're getting to, and which by the way we're we're going to end up talking about Salesforce in, right. in oil and gas, um, which, which is sounds kinda, weird, which, is, which sounds weird. Uh -huh. But kind of the underlying thing is this evolution toward being able to create apps faster, better, cheaper, right? And right. Kinda, that's, and you know what the that's big... That's the thread that you were on. Yeah. And you know the big differentiator for us? Um, back then, you had to glue everything together, right? Right. It oh, was all yeah. the integrations. Yeah, that you was, had to write all the interfaces and everything. That's right? why yeah. everything was complex. At the end of the day, that's why. You had to create APIs for everything. There wasn't All money, the blue code. Web services, right, yeah, everything. everything. Well, today, a lot of these big companies have figured out this single platform. I mean, yeah. if I were a CIO today, I don't know why you'd be picking these single platforms to move forward. I mean, right. instead of plugging all these, these siloed solutions together, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, there's platforms out there you can adopt today that make things so much everything. easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so speaking of which. Yeah, um, kind of my segue. Yeah, <laughs> so I remember, um, and I have, to, I, have to, um, I have to follow my sword and say that I, I haven't really kept up with um, well, I don't know. I'm not really following my sword because I don't know who this matters to. But um, I haven't really kept up with what was going on at Salesforce the last few years. But kind of where I left back when I was more involved in that world, I remember that what emerged out of the Salesforce uh, approach was, apart from a, a really nice system for, for managing sales and marketing, there was like this underlying framework that somebody said, hey, you know what? Like, we, like you could build apps on this, uh, you know, and it would, there'd be a lot of advantages. And I think that was the beginning of force.com and everything, right? So that, but that was, I want to say that was probably almost 10 years ago now. Yeah. So is that, is that kind of the beginning of like, like that's, that's, right. that's the beginning of the story. Well, right? that's exactly what I thought when they came to me and were said, Hey, you know, we'd, we'd like you to come over and run our app dev business, our platform business to do custom app dev. And I'm going, Salesforce and oil and gas? Well, right. Like, why? Because, because there's so many sales teams. Yeah, like and that, right? you know, yeah. that's exactly how the, it was uh, unveiled to me. It's not 
the sales and marketing engine that you're that's you're right. going after. It's right. that platform. It's that single pane of glass that they opened up to everybody else to be able to build these solutions on top of this platform. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, so it's true. Then it's actually you, you know, know it, it's it actually, is true because um, I lived it and uh, yeah, I I started at Salesforce in 2017. You know, not long after that, they bought MuleSoft, they bought uh, these other, and every acquisition they make, you know, the recent one was Slack. It's just been like, wow. Oh, yeah, I forgot they bought Slack. I mean, yeah. the way that they've grown mm-hmm. is impressive. Now, wait, Okay, wait, so you went from Microsoft to Salesforce? Well, I had a stop between. I went to uh, GE Digital back oh, when they yeah. had uh, yeah. uh, oil and gas. We went yeah, over there. I remember both of those days. A couple of yeah. my Microsoft buddies, we went <laughs> yeah. over there to do the oil and gas that bid. two weeks, and, yeah. Yeah, it was a... Uh, <laughs> Hey, like Predix is a great solution. It's just when you have a big manufacturing company trying to sell software, right? Just yeah, it was it was great idea. It was a little clunky, but that's what got me to Salesforce because okay. GE was the largest Salesforce. I think at the time had the most orgs, Salesforce right. orgs, and that's right. how I met the Salesforce team. I got you. Okay. Yeah. So all right, so so you so you're looking at the Salesforce thing and you're saying. Uh, and like they made you a believer, like I can, I, you can build apps on this and I can right. go into oil and gas and I can say there's value here for you guys. And, and one of the, the big wins, that, so in oil and gas with Salesforce, you have to approach it differently. Because if you go to an ExxonMobil or whoever, they're going to get, I, this happened before, they don't do it anymore. They would say, we don't have customers. We don't need to sell stuff, Yeah, you know. So you had to approach it differently. So instead of selling sales and marketing, you're selling the platform. Right. You're selling MuleSoft. You're selling field service, service cloud, because they've got workers in the field that need right. automation. And one of the big wins that we had in 2017, um, one of the, who you need to have on your show one day is Jim Ballinger. He's one of the VPs for Salesforce in oil and gas. Okay. He's yeah. uh, one of the best reps I've ever worked with. I always say there's three reps I've worked with, and he's yeah. one of the top three. Yeah, I got you. Um, he sold, I was part of his team, a um, very large deal to BP in Upstream mm, yeah, uh, called yeah, yeah. the operate, Global Operator Workbench. Right. And all, I don't say all it did, but what it did is it uh, automated and digitized all their offshore rigs. Right, right. So they were going around doing their procedures and rounds, right? They worked 24-hour shifts. Yeah. You're Joe. You have the first shift. You'd go around with a legal pad writing stuff down, blah, 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 blah. Then your next buddy comes in. You got to communicate, you know, manually. Right. Right, right, right. So, okay. so I want to back up a little bit. So one thing that you said that was really interesting is the oil and gas companies were like, why do we need Salesforce? We don't have customers. Um, um, and this is, <laughs> which is funny, right? Because it's always struck me funny that in, in, in the oil business, so big operators, it's the only industry I know of where people say, we don't have customers, but we're extremely competitive, right? Like, 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 like the big operators compete against each other and, and guard their, and it, it, this is changing a little bit. The culture is changing and people uh-huh. are starting to open up and share and say, Hey, let's like work together because it might be like us against everybody else now, the world now. Right. So, um, but, but this like fierce competition with no customers. Um, and that's, uh, um, which always, I always thought was just kind of weird. Like, what are you competing for? You're all going to sell your stuff on the same marketplace. So what are you competing for? So, uh, so the reason why I'm bringing that up is um, um, when, you, when you go in there, so when you, when you go in there with something that says, here's a, here's a platform, okay, forget about the sales and marketing, you could build apps on this. Like, what made their eyes light up? Like, what did they get excited about? Like, what was the 
you know, like we're competitive and we're, we got to do it. Like, but how, how does it connect? Yeah. I always tell people, right or wrong, that there's three things they care about. One, it's getting oil out of the ground quick. Yeah. Two is um, the cost of oil, which they can't control, right? Yeah. But barrel and safety. Right. So we can always help them with one, right? By helping them automate and modernize a lot of their systems. And what got them really excited is when we showed, went in and showed them the Salesforce platform on how quickly they can build apps and automate those and roll those out to end users, yeah. that got them really excited. And the fact that they could roll that down from IT where they didn't need as much IT involvement to do that stuff. Yeah. Business units could do it. And then the, but, but doesn't that kind of make IT nervous a little bit? So like I remember know, the back in the days of like Microsoft Access and it was like the la- and I, and when I was in corporate IT way way back it was like I agree. the last thing we need is like more some, access. More, yeah, exactly. I, IT departments have evolved, right? There's less of them today. Yeah, true. And uh, platforms have gotten more secure and stable that have made it easier for right. business units to do it safely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so a lot of the times the IT departments that have evolved are the ones that know they have to give this stuff off to their business units because they won't be able to handle it all. Yeah, okay. Right? And so that's where we really saw the... So, so are you seeing that really? Is that... Is that We're seeing it more. Yeah. 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 I mean, because, look, at the upstream companies, they, they have a lot of power. I mean, they're 80% of the business, right? And if they want to go do something, they're probably going to go figure out how to do it. And so a lot of times the best thing IT can do is, okay, let's figure it out together. Right. And then we brought on this solution. You know, we're working with IT too. How can yeah. we bring both of y'all along and make you successful with this and show them a platform that's secure that they can access their data and be quicker? Right, right, right. And right. that was one of the things that, I mean, Salesforce out of the box does really well. And the way that it, the APIs connect in, that was the other big thing too, is all these disparate systems, they wanted to have that single pane of glass mm-hmm. in order to look at all this stuff. Right. You've got all this data and they use all these different systems to do it today. The Salesforce platform does that pretty easy out of the box with the APIs. And they made it easier when they bought MuleSoft, which was a fantastic acquisition. Okay, by the so, way. so for those who maybe aren't, because um, we have a really like diverse audience. I mean, th- I know, I'm talking th- product, which th- I should no, never no, no, do. No, no, no. I mean, like diverse in a lot. In, in a lot of ways, but I mean, people come from different parts of the business. So yeah. the MuleSoft, what, what, what was that all about? Like, so, um, you know, Salesforce was in the market for an enterprise service bus for data. Okay. You know, how are they going to plug in all this? Dis- it's a gold mine. And every right. customer that I know, go back, I think it was 2018 they made the acquisition. At that time, it seemed like every customer was looking for that solution. Yeah. You know, how to connect as an enterprise layer to connect all their data systems. H- haven't we, like... I know it sounds like we've been there. Aren't we supposed to have cracked that nut a long time ago yeah, with some uh, other companies that I don't want to mention? But uh, things evolve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. I, I think a lot of us we uh, we sunset. What well, of of IBM was one of those companies, in fact, right? Back uh, at like what was it called? Yeah, WebEx or no, that's the um, um, Well, I'm thinking about I'm thinking of like I know what you're talking about. Like Informatics MQ and all that. Or Informatica. Uh, and, that's right. Well, and Tipco kind of went down that road and like lots of people have tried to tackle that, right? But so, I think the, so it takes a company called MuleSoft right. <laughs> to, to come along. At and the economy and, or the market has evolved as well. A lot of those legacy systems that were so hard to integrate are gone. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. We got yeah. smarter about APIs. Right, right. Things got easier to build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, everything going to the cloud. Look, having these big cloud infrastructures like Azure and AWS have made things a lot easier because it's it's a data source still, right? Yeah. That's one thing with people about Salesforce too. They go, "We're an Azure shop. Great. It's just another data data source for yeah. us. We, yeah, don't, yeah. we don't care. We we'll pull yeah, data from anywhere, wherever it comes from." Right. Okay. So let's so 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 let's fast forward a little bit to um, so that was kind of the beginnings of like how did how did 
oil and gas companies begin to be interested in Salesforce, even though they don't have customers or sales teams or anything like that. Um, so fast forward to now, especially now, like I always like to say we, you know, we, oil and gas started taking digital transformation seriously probably around 2017, right? It's been about four years where they really like... They would have told you uh, 22 of 2005. Yeah, but... but, <laughs> but and, and, and some of this is we just, we just changed the names of things over time. But, um, so, but what I keep saying is, all right, well, we've been at it long enough that we ought to be able to see some progress. So where are you seeing... So you're out there working with customers. And by the way, you are the... So like at IBM, the Salesforce thing is your... That's your job, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So you're the, the Salesforce guy. Right, right. Working with customers and Salesforce right. solutions and And you're here in Houston, so you're working with oil and gas companies right. all the time. So so where are you seeing the most opportunity, you know, given the landscape today, which is we need to keep we need to keep our digital transformation initiatives going forward. They can't stop like like we did back in 2014, 2015. Um, so we need to keep doing stuff. We still don't have a whole lot of money. We got a little bit of money, um, so we really need to prioritize, and we need to see like a really fast ROI. So, where are you like? Where do you, where are you finding is the best place to take aim with that? Right. I mean, they're trying to do more with less. I think I saw. Yeah. Was uh, one of the super majors is down to about seventy two thousand employees now. When a yeah. few years ago it was one hundred and forty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're doing more with less. Right. And what really gets them excited is this single platform that helps them accelerate that move to digitizing right. everything they're doing. Okay? Right. Like like digitizing like what, for example? Manual processes they're doing in the field. Field workers. Right. Well, if you can make their field workers more nimble and able to do their job faster, oh, and with less of them, yeah. great. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. where you've got less people. Automation. Right. The more of those rigs that can be ran automated without people right. on site, sure. it's great. I mean, you drive down safety, you drive down cost. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Those um, are all the common objectives. But, but like, but for this, but for this Salesforce app building thing, like, where where are those showing the most the most so promise? Where we're getting a lot of uh, interest and a lot from across all walks, manufacturing, auto, oil and gas is lighting up your customer, getting to know your customer better. Okay, interesting. I know, you're never going to go. They don't have any customers. Yeah, so, (laughs) you know, what's, okay, so think about how you live today, right? Yeah. You've got a car. Sure. You're Brad Sanchez. You've got a car, whatever. Absolutely, yeah. You, You go put gas in your car. Where do you go? Yeah, well, you go to the gas station. You go to like a Circle K, or, right. right? You put gas in your car. What do they have? They've got stuff in their store, right? Mm-hmm. And these are a lot of franchise-owned stations, mm-hmm. or some of them are owned by the super majors, right? Yeah, not not so many though. Most of them, right. like like, or and and even the ones that are owned by the super majors are. So we're, what we're talking about is the the down the downstream distribution business, right? right? So this isn't so much. This isn't so much um, super major EMP. This is this is the other end of the. That's right. The, this is their fuel the retail. Right. Yeah. Which, which I'm glad we're talking about this because that doesn't get with all the talk about tech, and digital, and everything. The less like that doesn't get as much attention, right? And it is so, now. So it's good to see that. Yeah. And, and it is now because okay, take Chevron for instance. I, we were told they have 10,000 convenience stores in the U.S. Yeah. They own 300. Yeah. Okay. And. Um, a lot of them are starting to buy them back because what's the, what's the environment going to look like 10 years from now when you're driving an electric car? How does a Circle K stay relevant? Yeah. Right? I yeah. mean, so what they need to do is they need to light their customers up today, create brand loyalty, 
with those mm-hmm. customers, right? right? So you will continue to come back when you have that electric car. Right. Because what, are there all these convenience stores going to shutter when only 20, I don't know what the number's going to look like from yeah. a gas, per, I mean, in 10 years, I don't know. Let's say 30% yeah. of people are buying gas. But assuming at some point, right? You're, it's it's going to fall. So they're trying to create brand loyalty, and that's what's really getting a lot of excitement and movement today. We're working with all of them. Um, around creating this environment where they can create brand loyalty and light up their customers, know who's buying from them, when they're buying from them, personalize offers to them. Okay, um, so so bring that together with, uh, so so that's an that's an amazing business objective. How does how does how are people using a nimble, rapid app development tool like Salesforce? To like what like what kind of stuff are they bringing in there to to enable all that? So we uh, partner with a company that you're aware of, P97. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Don Friedman here in town. There. Yeah, yeah. He's he's I call him the Godfather of this business. He uh, yeah he's been in it a long time. He's a friend of mine. I've known him f- since 2007 at Microsoft when he had to call me one day to slap my hand for when he had his <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but um, so Don's company they have a broker that sits on pumps today, right? Mm -hmm. On gas pumps. And what that broker does is when you pull up, Michael, it knows that you want to buy gas and you use your mobile device to do that, right? Right, right. So you're at the pump, you buy a mobile. Which by the way, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. The the whole like app thing at the pump, it works great, yeah. You buy a transaction, you unlock the pump, you pay right there from your phone and you drive away, okay? Yep. Right, so that's, just that function right there is not very, it's not very sticky. I think it's single digit adoption, right? To pay at the pump, you yeah, know, because yeah. it's almost easier to dip your car. It is. And especially okay. uh, in a lot of, uh, a lot of suburban Houston areas where for whatever reason, in spite of all the cell towers, you still can't get a signal when you're sitting like in the parking lot at the gas station. Right? And sometimes you just yeah. want to walk. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so secondly, the next thing you have to do, and we're, we're really helping with this is you want to set a layer around that to be able to extract that customer's information when they're at the pump. Right. So I want to know when you're there and you make a transaction that you're standing at that pump. Yeah. Right. And the way that I do that is we can suck that information up through the Salesforce platform and then personalize offers to you while at the pump. Because what's, what are we trying to do? We're trying to get you to come inside the store and buy something because that's where the real money is made. Yeah. Yeah. It's not on the gas. No, it's not at the gas. It's been, uh, Don's numbers show that if you can get somebody to come into the store with a personalized offer, I think the, the basket size doubles. I think it goes from $6 to $12 with a personalized offer. Yeah. Right? Okay. So it's right. like they know last time you were there, you bought a Gatorade. Okay, come inside now, buy one, get one free. Maybe you're going to buy some Oreos with that. Right? <laughs> so they're creating a, a brand stickiness. With the I, I just want to highlight the fact that you chose Oreos and Gatorade. As, it is pretty as, sick combination, <laughs> actually. That <laughs> <it> is... <laughs> Well, I don't know. I guess it depends on what flavor Gatorade. So, yeah. Maybe it was, uh, eh, yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So, um, so what is? So, what are they doing? All right. So, you're working with with P97 and Salesforce. Um, so, just to give you know, so so let's say people are listening to this and they're like, uh, you know, this sounds really interesting. Um, what is it? What does it look like in terms of like? Like how the tech is actually being used, and what are you, what are you, what are you building there to, to make all that happen? Right. So, um, and this is where I'm going to see if you've been a sales guy for too long to not be able probably to have. have a concrete conversation. About probably that. have. Yeah. I know when they came to IBM, they said I've been a software sales guy forever. They said I might have to do some billing. You know. Oh and yeah. I was like, man, I, I would not pay me to, yeah. to do that. Yeah. Uh, no. So it, one of the things that we we sit on top of this layer is MuleSoft. 
to okay. orchestrate a lot of the data, the data right. out of whatever's coming out of it. Look, look, the P97 broker, they have uh, contracts with Honda, with Toyota, with all these big car manufacturers right, too. Right. So if you bought, I bought a new Jeep, and in that Jeep, the Shell app is in my Jeep, and that is the P97 app. So ah, I can buy okay. gas from my okay. Jeep, from right. my console. And when I do that, that data is being transacted through P97. So we want to be able to extract all that data. Okay. And we can pull it from any kind of source that it's coming from, right, with MuleSoft. And right, then we right. suck that up through Marketing Cloud. Ah, uh, gotcha. And okay. then in Marketing Cloud is where we're creating those personalized offers. The customers can go in and do it themselves. You know, a lot of times they're paying third parties to do a lot of this personalization for them. Yeah. Because yeah. they're using all these different tools to do that. Right. And the other big thing is loyalty. Yeah. I believe in the convenience store market, there's six loyalty companies, six or seven. And they're all siloed, right? But all they do you is- You mean like, like the, with the rewards points and all that yeah. kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And they just, what they do, like Gas Buddy, I think that's a loyalty one, but right. all they do is extract your points a lot of times. Right. And they don't keep like track of anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to have that kind of one platform where you're getting loyalty, personalization, what you're buying, uh, geofencing, that's another big thing. Yeah. Um, so you suck it up in the marketing cloud. And then, you know, you're able to understand the data better. Who's buying it from you? Put some Einstein on it. And right. then you can start making offers based on weather. So if you know down in Florida, let's say it's going to be a 100-degree day, maybe you send everybody in Florida a coupon for Gatorade and Oreos. Yeah, and Oreos. <laughs> right? <laughs> at I the mean, Wawa, yeah. At the Wawa. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another great one. So like, yeah. take these niche convenience stores like Wawa. I don't right. say they're niche. It's one of the – I've never been to a Wawa. No, they're but all over Florida. I, I know, for all the time. And they have good this, sandwiches. They've got this sandwich. There, they got a good right. sandwich, yeah. And they want to create – they already have a stickiness around sandwich. I heard it's like a Bucky's here. Yeah, it's right? – okay, so it's not quite, but yeah. um, but it's 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 in the same sort of spirit. It's kind of round. Yeah, they yeah. kind of have like a sort of a cult following around right. the Wawa's, yeah. And, I mean, this extracts this convenience store. This goes to cars, too. I mean, this goes to mobile ordering. Right. I mean, think about – Ten years from now, you're probably going to have an automated Uber pull up in front of your house. Nobody in it. Yeah. Right? Not my house, but I know what you're saying. But you know what I mean. But who's going to own the data that's in that car? Because it's going to be serving you data. Right. I mean, right? There's going to be screens in that car. And they're going to know you're in that car and you like Starbucks. So what if Starbucks knew you were coming by geofencing? You're a mile away. Michael, would you like your same thing? It pulls you in there and you stick your arm out and get your Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who's going to own that data? Right? Who's going to orchestrate that data? Right. And we're working, the car manufacturers are all asking the same question, right? Because they're saying, That's a big piece. That's a big so, piece. Yeah. So, we're so, some remodeling so we just going watched somebody here. carry an enormous piece of glass past us. I'm glad. Did the, did the last guy jump out of the window? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. What. <laughs> <laughs> These windows don't open, I don't think. a Braves fan? Yeah. But you're right. So, uh, but, but this is, you're actually, this is actually crossing over into something that's a little bit of a controversial topic right now, right? Because there's so much, there's already so much data being collected on everything we do. And, um, and, and that's causing a lot of people to, you know, it's causing some consternation, right? And what I think maybe a lot of people don't realize is like, we've only scratched the surface Ugh. on the amount of data that could be getting collected on it. In the spirit of, making our lives better right right but where do you um, draw that line but yeah but it's also in the spirit of like making more money for uh-huh. people so so like so i'm curious i know we probably didn't plan on talking about this but as you're working with people and and um 
you know, you're representing IBM, which is a, is a good, is a good citizen, right? Like how, how are you, is, is this coming into the conversation yet? Like, like, like how do we do this in such a way that we don't compromise people's, you know, or, or, or forget about compromising privacy, just like bugging the hell out of people. Like, I just don't want something to know about everything that I'm doing and telling me, why don't you have this? And why don't you have that? Right? I think that's why you're seeing a lot of the opt in and opt out options more. Yeah. Whenever you download an app now, have you noticed that? Oh, Keep yeah. Keep my data. Yeah. We haven't really a lot because we're just really scratching the surface here. But it's right. moving fast because they're all nervous. Yeah. You know, how, do you, how, how are you going to create this stickiness? Right. I mean, go back to the car example. People are going to buy less cars 10 years from now. Yeah. I mean, right? Yeah. Right. I mean. Right. And so as, a, so as a business person, I love the concept of stickiness. But as an individual like sometimes I'd like there to be less stickiness, right? But if, so. if that was returned with rewards or loyalty, that's right. where the key is, then, right? I right. mean, I bought my Jeep at Jeep here right across the freeway. Right. They don't know who I am. Yeah. I mean, they should be trying to upsell me. They should know when I'm close to their dealership yeah. and they can call me in for a free oil change. They don't, when I drive off that lot, that's all they know. But I would like it if they knew and they were going to save me some money on an oil change or whatever yeah. that was. Yeah. So if it's used, if it, if, if it's used with where the there's good mutual benefit, right, right, right. Um, and you're not just exploiting people. Well, that's for, what creating uh, brand loyalty is about, yeah, right? Yeah, right, right. Because because right because because if you piss people off, they will like stop using yeah. your stuff. Then, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I I think anyway. I mean, I I will. I don't know about other people. I think most people do. I think I think, I think a do. lot of people have a less tolerance than I do for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably true. I mean, so, I like, I don't really care about my data. I mean, well, I'll say that yeah. about them knowing about me because it makes, sometimes it makes my life easier. Yeah. And, and of course the privacy thing, of course we, um, um, in fact, we did an episode on the show. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's probably five or six back where I had, uh, Ben and Ben, um, uh, from, and sorry guys, I can't remember the name of your company, but, um, but they do a lot of, uh, uh, like tracking of militia groups in Africa and basically providing data to oil companies where their uh -huh. assets are at risk. It's uh -huh. really, really interesting stuff. Um, but one of the guys came from a, a, um, uh, uh, intelligence, like, like, like foreign intelligence backgrounds. Um, and, and somewhere along the line, we were talking about how all these concerns about privacy. And I said, but tell me something. I said, I know you can't talk about anything, but Everything that we're worried about people knowing, they already knew, right? right. He, he said, yeah, yeah, they already did. I mean, it's like if people <laughs> say that, ago, it's like nobody cares about my data. <laughs> so, <I> mean, <laughs> so but, the more, but the bigger thing, I think, for people is I just don't want to be bugged all the time, right? Like I don't want, um, but, but, maybe, but maybe as, you know, again, we're, we're talking back to we're from a previous generation. So I think the, so, the younger people are yeah, more okay with like, it. fine with it. I mean, yeah, it seems like know. every ad I look at on the internet now, they want you to give your mobile device number and your email to get 20% off. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I, like, I'll It just, must be working. Like, I'll just pay the extra 20%. That's right. Yeah. I, don't, I, think, well, yeah, I think we're the dying breed <laughs> yeah, of that. Yeah, it could be. Could be. So, okay, so back, back to the main thing. Um, so, um, so using using Salesforce, you know, or, or, or a platform like that, that, that happens to be yours, right. um, to go in there and do this stuff uh, for people. Let, let's talk real quick about like, like the actual execution, it, you know, because right now there's a lot of pressure on, we have to be able, whatever we do, 
it kind of goes back to that I mentioned at the beginning, like whatever we do, we have to be able to execute quickly for not a lot of money and we have to show value very soon or else my bosses are not going to approve this to go on, uh-huh. right? So h- how are you dealing with that challenge? Time has really helped with that challenge. Yeah. A lot of these corporations have fallen behind and they okay. know that the, the clock is ticking. I mean, we're getting almost this red sector A type stuff. Hey, you guys, got we got to figure this out. We got to yeah. go. Right, um, right. And the good thing is, is the reputation of Salesforce, that it is that platform that can really accelerate, you know, time to market. Right. And so what we're able to do is... And it's all still cloud-based, right? It's all, it, everything's so, cloud-based. So there's no infrastructure. There's no infrastructure. Right. Um, you know, it's using this MuleSoft as API layers. Um, it's a common infrastructure that people know. It's right. light. Um, the biggest thing that impressed me about Salesforce is when I first started working there is they, they do these dev days where they go in and they'll take, it's three days, and they'll take some, three of the customer's use cases, and by the end of day three, they'll have them built on their platform. And I was like, boy, <laughs> they did it every time. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, anytime that somebody wants to go against Salesforce, do a bake-off. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was okay. a believer pretty quick. Right. Uh, how time to market. And it runs, and it runs in their cloud still or do they have are they doing like deployments in other or is it all in the in the force.com cloud? it's all in force.com yeah. yeah but i think you know so that not, so that actually that's right that actually though saves you all the trouble of trying to decide where to run the thing right because right. that's what's giving people a lot of difficulty now is in this whole multi-cloud hybrid cloud well now you've inserted so great it's great that i have that flexibility but now i have a whole new component of my decision process that has to decide that's where right. to run things based on is it going to cost more over here is it going to be faster over there right well, so with what you're talking about here it's like and, it's it's uh and you asked the, the question earlier um so back in 2010 remember cloud was just starting to get started yeah. we just uh, uh released azure it's azure not azure um, I thank you because I yeah. say Azure. It's but, Azure. But, um, we yeah. just released it, and Cause, you know, because it was a word prior. It, it right? was a word, like it was already a word, and we already knew how to say it. I don't know why yeah. I was so confused about how to say it. Now. And I remember yeah. all the super majors were, no, we're never going to put our stuff in the cloud. Yeah, look at today. So I had one of my longtime mentors at Exxon Mobil, retired now, Larry Scott. Um, he was he was great to me and and uh he called me during the pandemic last year and he you know how everything was working everybody was working from home it was all yeah, great yeah, he yeah, goes yeah. can you imagine if we were still on prem oh no <laughs> no no yeah yeah it would be bad i mean so that's the world's and i say it's easier now but stuff stuff is easier to get yeah and make use of and that's why we can show such a return really quick we're not right. having to go tap into some client server machine under this person's desk yeah. in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And we've and we've worked out. You know, it's another it's another great thing about today versus even really not that many years ago is we've worked out all those security issues with I got I got something running in I got something running over here but I want to reach into your data center or reach into this and right. pull data out. And right. That used to give us fits too. It was like, hold yeah. on, you know, like, yeah. like that, like just, just the firewall considerations That's besides, right. besides the database security and everything keys? else. Right. Like that was, that was a nightmare. Um, but now I like, like, like we, like we're not going to get into it in detail, but most of those problems are worked out right now. People know just the we value. have ways of doing that. And just the value is like, God, I can save this much money by doing this. I mean, I'll take yeah. a little bit of the risk. Yeah. And right, I mean, the infrastructure today is 
and you own the others. I want the keys here. You can have the keys. We don't look at your stuff. Right. 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 It just took, it's that whole mindset that people yeah. had to get away from, okay, my stuff's in the cloud in their cloud. Are they looking at it? It's like, they're not, but even if they were, who cares? I mean, it's, um, <laughs> it is funny though that you're right. Like 10 years, 10 years ago. Yeah. If this COVID would have happened, it would have been a mess. Yeah. 10 years ago. Well, we'll never put anything in the cloud. What's funny is then the pun- pendulum, you know, about, about three or four years ago, the pendulum swung the other way and yeah. you had people just blindly saying hybrid. We're, we're, we're at, no, everything. We're going to do everything. Like right. There was like cloud, we're cloud first or whatever the, mm-hmm. what was it? I think some of the guys at Chevron said yeah. or whatever. Right. And then, and then all of a sudden it was like, Ooh, wait a second. This, right. Like this isn't perfect for everything, and right. so now we're coming back to the hybrid view, yeah. and, and we're saying, okay, we got to be able to, we got to be able to make use of these things in different places. So, so now you throw Salesforce in the mix. So now that you have this environment, or you uh, have this kind Salesforce, of, a company that was created in the cloud, it was created in the cloud, right? right? Yeah, before, which is did. a big, yeah, big difference, right? Because you're not taking something that was on prem and recreating. Were, were they cre- so? So were they create? Was Salesforce like a so so? Cloud, cloud, meaning on created on a on a software-driven infrastructure, right? Uh-huh. Like, the, like the big difference when cloud computing came along, it wasn't just that it was a bunch of stuff running in some other data center. That was the thing we didn't understand in the beginning, right? Was when we were like, well, it's just another data center. But, but what was different about like the the Yahoo data center and then the Google data center was it's they don't have they don't have um, like like you know compute infrastructure and storage infrastructure and network infrastructure. It's just it's like one. thousands of one U boxes that mm-hmm. all run the software, right? And that's how it's that's yeah. how you can bunch of virtual machines. You can scale it and, and run it. well and it's and it's it's uh, yeah and it's it's the infrastructure is code. So um, is, and was Salesforce created that way? That was I think that's how they I'm, I'm started. Pretty sure, yeah. I think I mean, that's how they that's started. That's pretty big and they it was yeah. created in the cloud. I mean Mark's book I read in a the called his cloud book, which was really good by the way. It talks a lot about yeah, that. hyperconverged infrastructure. That's the word yeah. I was trying to think of. They were all oh, around those are big words for me. So, so, so now that we have this amicable environment where like everybody has come to peace with the idea that we're going to be having different things in different places and we've got ways of controlling it and securing mm. it, it becomes really easy to grab onto something like Salesforce, That's right. right? And then just like say, hey, let's see what we can do with this thing. Right. Because we don't have to have all that consternation about like, nope. yeah. It's yeah. a perfect scenario. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Everything's kind of come together perfect timing and we're just seeing things really explode, especially in energy around, yeah. you know, the Salesforce platform. Well, that's, yeah, that's cool. So, all right. Yeah. So we're get, we're kind of at that window where we probably ought to wrap it up. What, um, cool. um, so, so I always ask, uh, I always ask, you know, how, if people want to learn more about this stuff, I think we've given them enough places to look. Right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, and of course I will share your LinkedIn. Yeah. In, in look the me show up. Notes now we're doing a lot of good things around it. I've had a team of, of people that, We've gotten in the industry. They're really sharp around this, and uh, we love to talk to people about it. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's and it's and it's the new friendlier IBM, right? So yeah. We don't have to be well, afraid anymore. <laughs> I was. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was. I was concerned IBM about going back. Now. I was IBM concerned about going back and I asked some yeah. hard questions. And you know, it, it's it's different. And I'm not just saying that because I'm there. There's really um, a lot of effort put going behind it on. Um, and it's, I'm happy to be there. And I'm saying that, I mean, I'm saying that with, with, uh, out of a, no, it's, it's, it's a common, yeah. But IBM and I got to tell you, IBM is great. Uh, as I mentioned in the beginning, great, um, uh, supporters of OGGN, all the stuff we do. And, and the thing about, and this, I always say this, um, um, so IBM sponsors our, our biggest, uh, podcast. And then they also do a, a number of other things with us. 
Um, so the people that sponsor stuff for OGGN uh, do it um, because they want to be involved and help the oil and gas community uh-huh. and, and energy now, right? Which, um, which let's face it, isn't everyone. <laughs> not not everyone wants to uh, wants a, it's, to be it's involved and help. So I really try to always highlight the fact that. Our sponsors, aren't, we, don't, we love them not just because we take their money, right, but because they want to be part of the solution and be part of the community. So, and we see that with IBM all the time. So, I agree. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap up. Thanks. Brett Walt, Waltz, right? Yeah. Brett Waltz. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do you know how to waltz? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's three steps, right? Three, yeah, well, it, yeah, yeah. It can be three steps. It can be, yeah. So, all right. But thanks for uh, coming out. Thanks. And uh, appreciate you. Uh, yeah, this was a good one. Thanks. All right. Thanks. There you have it, CRM becoming important in the oil and gas industry. Uh, particularly, I, I mean, those were some great examples. And, and you know, not sure how I feel about uh, my gas station trying to figure out what kind of chips I like. But, uh, but, you know, if they figure out what kind of beer I like, that's probably okay. I'm probably okay with that. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for today, folks. And as always, thanks to... Well, first of all, thanks to you, our loyal listeners, for being our loyal listeners. And uh, also, thanks for telling your friends and family to listen as well, because I'm sure you're doing that, right? You are telling your friends and family about what a fantastic show this is. And all all of the shows, all the podcasts that, that the Only Gas Global Network uh, that we have here, uh, since we are a network, it means we have a bunch of them. So you need to learn about them. You need to find out which ones you like. Um, I mean, you... You're going to like all of them, but you don't probably have time to listen to all of them. So figure out which ones are your favorite, uh, starting with this one, and, 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 and then work your way down the list. You can go to OGGN.com and, and find out uh, everything that you need to know there. That's it. Wait. No, that is it. That's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks to uh, also to our, my audio fixer guy, Mr. Mac Roman. He makes us sound great. And uh, just remember, folks, uh, you know, well, I... I know, I say this all the time. Do you get tired of hearing this? Do you, do you, does anybody get tired of hearing the we were tech before tech was cool thing? And usually I always have to try to come up with some sort of clever run into that. Um, but today I'm just, I'm just like mentally out of energy. So just remember that we were tech before tech was cool. That's it. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.